Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The year is 2006 at the Formula One Grand Prix of Monaco. McLaren's Kimi Raikkonen starts strong, moving from his grid position in third to knock Williams' Mark Webber out of P2 by the second lap. Raikkonen is soon hot on the heels of Renault's champion Fernando Alonso as he sets the fastest lap. Unfortunately, the momentum doesn't hold. By mid-race, after two frustrating laps behind a safety car, Raikkonen's heat shield catches fire, burning through the car's wiring and cutting off the electricity to the engine. His hopes of winning Monaco dashed, the flying Finn is forced to retire the car. But that isn't where the story ends. Instead of returning to McLaren's garage, Raikkonen parks his car at the Sandoval corner and starts walking through the tunnel towards his massive yacht docked nearby. As his rivals continue to battle it out for the title, the TV feed cuts to Raikkonen sitting in the boat's hot tub, his shirt off with a beer in hand. This epic display of millionaire privilege would prove par for the course for the Finnish driver, who is equally known for his quiet nature and willingness to do whatever the hell he wanted. Kimi Raikkonen is one of the most beloved drivers in Formula One, a celebrated Iceman with an open hatred for doing interviews and one of the most memeable personalities in the paddock. But outside of his curmudgeonly persona and incredible record, who is Kimi Raikkonen? What makes him tick? And why has he stuck it out in Formula One for so long, considering that he's on record saying that driving is more like a hobby for me? And maybe most importantly, is Kimi F1's most underrated legend? Today on Pass Gas, the epic and long as hell career of the flying Finn, the Iceman, Kimi Raikkonen. Pass Gas Podcast, it's about cars, it's not about forts. Kimberly Raikkonen. That's not that's not his name. <laughs> Kimberly Raikkonen. Kimmy is short for Kimberly. I've been around long enough to know that. You know, you know Kimmy. I know him. Yeah. You go to like junior high together? We went to junior high in Finland together, yeah. 
That's pretty cool, man. We went to Yorkovic, uh <laughs> Middle. Okay, yeah. The 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 fighting polar bears. The fighting polar bears, yeah. Yeah. Oddly enough, our mascot was Thor. That is strange. That is weird. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Past Gas, everybody. I'm your host, Nolan. Joined as always. Did you forget by, your last name? I don't know. My name's Nolan Sykes. Joined today by James Pumphrey. Toot toot, baby, baby, toot toot. And there's no Joe in the studio today. Joe is in Ireland. Ireland, that's right. So it's just James and I today, like it used to be, back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Joe's, back in those uh, early episodes. Joe's over there in Ireland eating some famous hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> you know. Those famous Irish hot dogs, just down in glizzies. Oh, yeah. I have to imagine. So he went with our one of our editors here at Donut Max and one of our writers as well, Greg, uh, as well as some other people. I have to imagine that they just started drinking immediately as soon as they got off the plane. The lack of pictures. We were talking about this before we started recording. The lack of pictures. Uh, Max is quite the, the shutter bug. He likes taking mm-hmm. a lot of pics. He's good at it. Uh, but they're not posting very many. So I think they're just like housed. Yeah, they're having a good time. James. Top of the morning. That's <laughs> what they say over there. Top of the morning to you, Joe. <laughs> and Joe's like, I need a full, I need a big old blood sausage breakfast. Because I tell you what, I tied one on like a horse in heat last night. <laughs> So they're at like 4 p.m. I bet they're already drunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're drunk oh, yeah. right now, man. On a Friday? Dude, I bet. Yeah. How many how many hot dogs do you think they've eaten today? Uh, so, man, I mean, they're probably kind of burned out on the hot dogs, maybe. I mean, Irish hot dogs are a little bigger than American ones. That's <laughs> what they're famous for is they're big hot dogs. I'd say at least four or five hot dogs. Today. Dang. Wow. I'm so envious. I know. <laughs> I love the Irish glizzies. <laughs> All right, so today we are talking about Kimi Raikkonen. As we said in the intro, I think Kimi has kind of approached somewhat of meme status in these last couple years. He's the oldest driver on the grid. He has the record for the longest career, like the most races in F1 history. He's been around for a long, long time. I didn't, I know, any, I didn't know someone broke my record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Sorry, to, sorry, I had to be the one to tell you that. But because maybe I'll say like the last five years, Kimi hasn't been in the most competitive car. So what's most notable about Kimi besides his driving talent is his demeanor. Um, he's very terse. He's not very flowery with his language. He doesn't talk very much. Um, so I think that for like newer fans, that's what they know about Kimi. But as we'll see in this episode, early Kimmy in his career was a force of nature to be reckoned with. This guy, just an insane talent. So I hope if you're like a newer fan to F1, I hope you come away from this episode with a new appreciation for Kimmy and maybe get a big, a better picture of why he's stuck around in the sport for so long and that he's more than just sound bites. So without further ado... Let's get into the story of Kimmy, the Iceman, Raikkonen. Did my did my teeth chattering noise? That's did you right. Hear that? Ice man, I am dangerous. 
<laughs> That's hard to do. How long, how many, how, like, do you think Val Kilmer practiced the teeth thing a lot? Yeah, he's a professional. He definitely, <laughs> definitely practiced quite a bit. <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen was born in Espoo, Finland, a suburb of Helsinki, on October 17, 1979, to a road builder and an office clerk. Kimi's interest in motorsport began at three years old when he and his brother began playing around with miniature motocross bikes fitted with training wheels. By the time Kimi was 10 years old, he began competitive karting, and by 15, he raced his first race outside of Finland in Monaco. During this drive, his steering wheel broke. And in a very Kimmy move, he alerted his mechanic by holding the wheel in the air above his head for the home straight. Awesome. At age 20, following a series of successes in Finland, Norway, and European karting, Kimmy jumped into a race and promptly won two British Formula Renault championships in the 1999 season. The following year, Kimmy won seven out of ten events in the Formula Renault UK championship. All in all, during the two years Kimmy raced in Formula Renault, he won 13 out of 23 events. And though he was relatively new to driving, his record impressed Peter Sauber and the Sauber Formula One team, and they decided to give the young Finn a test drive. Just after 23 events in a big car. Crazy. That's, is that a lot? No, that's like very little. It's more than I've done. That's true. Nobody's that's asking true. me. <laughs> Uh, just back to the motocross thing for a second. I was watching an interview this morning, and Kimmy, Kimmy loves motocross and wishes he could do it more often. Uh, but his contract—he he's not really sure if his contract allows him to do that. Yeah, I'm always surprised when like these athletes like ride motorcycles and stuff, or do like more extreme sports where it's like—is—is is going 220 not enough? Well, like, I think you build up a tolerance, yeah? You build up, mm -hmm. like, a dopamine tolerance. So, yeah, going 220, and then all of a sudden you got to jump out of a freaking airplane. That's one thing I'm not, like, super into. I don't, I'm not, not into the idea of skydiving. I want to do it bad. If anyone in Southern California wants to take me skydiving, I want to do it. I don't want to do it alone. I don't want to be strapped to no man <laughs> or nothing. All right? I want to do it alone. <laughs> Pass gas at donutmedia.com. In September of 2000, Kimmy took to the track to test with the Sauber Formula One team. On just the second day of the test, Kimmy lapped half a second quicker than Pedro Denise, one of the regular Sauber drivers. Impressed by his pace and measured approach to driving, Sauber signed the 21-year-old Kimmy for the 2001 season, despite critics, including FIA President Max Mosley, voicing concerns over granting an F1 super license to an inexperienced driver such as Kimmy. They called a super license? They're called super licenses. That's right. Hell yeah. Yeah. It, like, you know, normal series, you got to get a license, and that's usually just like a formality. There is some testing here and there. Like, you got to have like a couple of days at like a high-performance driving day or whatever. Instructors have to sign off. But a super license is like you got to have points like you got to get enough points for a super license and you can get points by, you know, doing well in lower series, you know, F Formula 3, Formula 2. IndyCar doesn't really count for a lot of super license points. Super really? Formula. Yeah. That's surprising. That's a professional sport. Yeah. It, it, for some reason, well, because it's out, outside the FIA. Copy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, despite the debate and the politics, Kimmy let his drive-in do the talking for him. 
at his debut race at the 2001 Australian Grand Prix, Kimi finished sixth and scored a career championship point for Sauber. It was at this first Grand Prix that Kimi debuted his now infamous method of race preparation. He took a nap until 30 minutes before the race. This kind of chill-as-hell way of warming up to compete in a crazy dangerous sport is primo Kimi. He's known for taking a nap right before and sometimes even inside of his car while he's sitting in the garage. In his own straight-to-the-words point, It's normal. I always sleep before the race. There's a little bit of time. I like sleeping. Excuse me, do you know hey, Iceman? Where's the Iceman? Yeah, where's the Iceman? Iceman is sleeping. Sorry. Kimi finished his first year with four points scoring finishes and eight finishes in the top eight for a total of nine points. Sauber happily ended the season in fourth place in the Constructors' Championship. Unfortunately, they couldn't keep Kimi for the 2002 season as McLaren's Ron Dennis came a-callin'. We love that Ron Dennis and McLaren, who were searching for a successor to their retiring two-time champion, fellow Finn Mika Hakkinen. I love Finnish names, dude. Dude, they're so sick. They sound like an axe. (laughs) The team was torn between Kimi and his sour teammate, Nick Heifeld. But according to Dennis... Hakkinen himself would offer his recommendation via rhyme, stating, if you want to win, get the Finn. Eventually, the team agreed and selected Kimi. It was around this time that Ron Dennis gifted Kimi with his nickname, the Iceman, due to both his Finnish background and icy cold persona. That's what they, It's so funny. That's what they call Osbo, too. Uh-huh. Is the Iceman. But he's, like, not icy. He's, like... No, he's, like, a pretty friendly guy. Yeah, he's, like, a pretty warm dude. But yeah. I think it's just, like... <laughs> Americans are like, it's so cold over there. Yeah. You must be like, like we're so influenced by, um, we love top gun, the mighty yeah. ducks or, yeah, you yeah. know, like just like, Oh yeah. You must be a real ice man. It's like, no, I'm just like, I'm a guy. I'm mad. Whoa. I can feel it. I can feel it. And I think Osmo's lived here for a pretty long time too. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's like, all right, you're just going to take like, the stereotype of where I'm from. Ice in like the veins. The most, Ice in the veins. Like the most basic thing from where I'm from. And name me after it. Yeah. Well, hey, there goes the dirt, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, James, you're from Kentucky. You're uh, uh, you're the derby man. Grass man. The grass man. <laughs> oh, here comes the grass man. What does that even mean? <laughs> So, in 2002, Kimi took the grid for McLaren and placed third at his first race of the season. Though McLaren suffered from numerous mechanical issues over the course of the year, Kimi still finished the season with 24 points and four podiums, and McLaren received third in the Constructors' Championship. And that season, they were actually using, they were using like a more evolved version of their 2002 car. So, it wasn't even like a 2003 car. And uh, that was just Kimi's skill coming, coming into play. He's been racing forever. I was in high school. Whoa. Yeah. Kimmy came back to McLaren in 2003 and once again managed to place third in the first race of the season, the Australian Grand Prix, despite starting 15th on the grid. And this is before DRS, too. Kimmy is known for his ability to come back from a difficult grid placement. He won his first race after starting seventh in Malaysia. The 2003 season was tough for McLaren since they used their 2002 chassis, like I mentioned, Yet Kimi excelled due to strategic choices he made during his drive. Despite engine problems during the Australian Grand Prix, Kimi successfully defended second position from Rubens Barrichello and lost by only less than a second in Monaco. 
Kimmy spent the season neck and neck with Michael Schumacher in one of the closest seasons of the decade. And by the end of the year, Kimmy finished second in the Drivers' Championship, just two points behind Schumacher. And McLaren finished third in the Constructors' Championship yet again. I think to my point earlier about like Kimmy kind of being a meme today is like this guy was in his third season in F1 and it was champ like challenging, not just like sort of challenging, but like full court pressing Michael Schumacher. Yeah. The Michael Schumacher. The Michael Schumacher. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go give it a go give it a whirl after this one and you'll see why that's a big deal. Unfortunately, 2004 wasn't great for McLaren. There were repeated engine breakdowns, and Kimi only managed to claim a single point in the first seven races. However, he still managed to end the season in seventh with four podiums, and despite the disappointing season, Kimi was considered a rising star. Ross Braun and John Tott of Ferrari openly discussed considering him in the future, and pundits believed 2005 would be filled with great on-track battles. Kimi also founded his own Formula 3 team with manager Steve Robertson, titled Raikkonen Robertson Racing, otherwise known as Double R. Definitely should be called Triple R. Yeah, that's kind of an oversight. Which would compete in Formula 3 in 2005. Finally, in his personal life, he married his first wife, a Finnish fashion model and former Miss Scandinavia, Jenny Dahlman. 2005 comes along now, James. McLaren has now developed the MP4 20, uh, which is one of their best cars probably ever. The chassis was designed by names like Adrian Newey, which you might recognize, Patty Lowe, Pat Fry. These guys, like, this is an insane car. It is easily the fastest on the grid. You've got Kimmy behind the wheel. It is a match made in heaven. This thing is a weapon. Unfortunately, the entire season is marred with tire and engine issues. It's the best car on the grid. It's horribly unreliable. Breaks down all the time. So, Kimmy publicly announced that he would leave McLaren in 2006 after his contract was up unless they could find, quote, a better way to just make sure that the car is very reliable. He then went on to win the Hungarian Grand Prix from the most handicapped qualifying position, something no other driver had previously managed to do, and finished second in the driver's championship. If the car had been more reliable, it's very, very likely that Kimi would have won his first championship in 2005. Well, yeah, you got second place with a car that wouldn't finish. Mm -hmm. Then, after the Italian Grand Prix in 2006, Michael Schumacher announced his retirement, and Ferrari announced that he would be replaced by Kimi to the tune of $41 million a year. Now... This is when Kimmy really starts to Kimmy. Allow me to explain. Though his time at McLaren was marked by unreliable cars, Kimmy still managed to finish second in the championship twice. He won nine races and finished on the podium on 36 different occasions. That's very consistent. However, his time on track wasn't the only thing Kimmy was known for. He quickly built a reputation as a difficult interviewee, who absolutely loathed the limelight that came with being a Formula One driver. His press conferences and TV interviews came under public scrutiny as he tried to hide under his baseball cap, he never smiled, and answered questions in a blunt and monosyllabic manner. It didn't help that his speaking voice is best described as mumbly and monotone. According to Kimmy, 
His distinctive voice is due to a bike accident that occurred when he was five, where he slammed his neck into the handlebar and damaged his vocal cords. But that's neither here nor there. Do you think that's possible? I mean, I'm no throat doctor. (laughs) Um, That's not what I heard. (laughs) That throat doctor. (laughs) Give me that. (laughs) (laughs) When off the track and out of the immediate public eye, Kimmy seemed to be an entirely different person. At the time, he was known for drinking a lot, uh, womanizing, and just being an all-around playboy. In 2004, the Spanish media reported that Kimmy was found outside a nightclub, passed out, and embracing an inflatable rubber dolphin. <laughs> when questioned about his bender, he said, I'm sorry, I had a few drinks and danced, why not? During the 2006 Monaco Grand Prix, after his car caught fire, Kimmy decided not to return to the paddock, but instead walked straight from the racetrack to his personal yacht, whipped off his shirt, and joined his best friends in what announcer James Allen called... Their own body weight in champagne and beer! We'll be right back with more of this story, but first, a word from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot One of his better and most infamous moments of 2006 was when he was asked by an interviewer why he missed a performance by Pele, and he responded truthfully, I was having a However, none of this debauchery really mattered. As Kimmy himself put it, what I do in my private life doesn't make me drive any slower. Nice. Hell yeah, dude. You know what I hate? Public scrutiny. Yeah? Yeah. You hate being scrutinized? I hate being scrutinized by the public. Yeah. Yeah. For his first season with Ferrari, Kimmy kicked it off whore. He got pole position in Australia, set the fastest lap, and became the first driver since 1989, shouts to Taylor Swift, to win his first Grand Prix driving a Ferrari. Yeah, hadn't been done since uh, (laughs) Nigel Mansell, I think. Kimmy spent the rest of his season battling with McLaren's rookie, a little guy named Lewis Hamilton, and champ Fernando Alonso. Nolan loves Fernando. Love that Nando, dude. In Hungary, he qualified in fourth, but started in third when Alonso was penalized. During the race, he pressured Hamilton, yet had to settle for second place, driving 0.7 seconds behind Hamilton. He set the fastest lap, though, and said after the race, I was so bored behind Hamilton, I wanted to see how quick I could have been. 
cool man uh have fun being bored behind him <laughs> dork i just did an uh a video on lewis hamilton so i'm 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 your team hamilton boy yeah, yeah yeah and he was just on uh Jesus and miro he's great. i haven't seen that yet dude he's great i love that guy he's a good guy yeah and like a good guy you know mm-hmm. going into the final race of this season the Brazilian Grand Prix, Kimi was seven and three points behind Hamilton and Alonso, respectively. You may remember this from past guest episode number 90, Hamilton versus Alonso. But 2007 was the first three-way battle in the final race of the season since 1986. 21 years. Wow. You may also remember that Kimi won by a single point and took the 2007 Formula One Drivers' Championship on the podium the Iceman finally offered more than his typical monoslavic response. I'm very happy. I came from pretty much nothing, but my family, friends, and sponsors helped me get here. People will probably look differently at me and make up more stories about me, but I'm going to lead my life as I want, and that's it. <laughs> cool. Jimmy's <laughs> 2007 title is still the most recent driver's championship win for Ferrari. However, the F1 track wasn't the only place Kimi was a winner in 2007. In March of that year, a week before his Ferrari debut, Kimi won a Finnish snowmobile race. Hell yeah. Under the pseudonym James Hunt. Oh, hell yeah. That's pretty funny. That's cool. Uh, For those of you guys that are unfamiliar with James Hunt, he was the 1976 world champ whose playboy lifestyle allegedly mirrored Kimi's. So Kimi used it to poke fun at the media sensationalization of his private life. Later in that same year, he used the moniker again when he entered a powerboat race with two friends with all three dressed in gorilla suits. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, they won a prize for best dressed crew. When asked uh, about the gorilla suits, Kimmy simply smirked and said he couldn't confirm it was him before admitting it was just a boat race and we went for fun. Ha 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 ha. Dude, I'm sorry. Kimmy Reckon's a. <sighs> he is, dude, by uh, definition, is a. <laughs> In his, in his younger days, I'll, I'll agree with you. He's like a, who are the, he's like a TikTok kid. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like he's like, he's like, oh, everyone's like just like, everyone's like scrutinizing me. It's like, well, you're doing dumb. <laughs> so why don't Fair. you just like, leave me alone? It's like, cause you're <laughs> famous. The job that you chose, there's like 14 of you. Mm-hmm. There's only 14 guys and like only like three that anyone cares about, you know? I love uh, best dress crew is only a prize they could give at a powerboat race. Well, we won best dress crew. We did? Yeah, that dance. That's, oh, yeah. Remember? Nah, I do. In 2008, uh, Kimmy won his first Grand Prix of the season in Malaysia on the fifth anniversary of his first victory on the track. In Spain, he took the 15th pole of his career and the first of 2008 and overtook Mika Heikinen as the in the list of total number of fastest laps and podium finishes, thus becoming the highest ranked finished driver in those stats. Oh, yeah. Kimmy ended the year in third for the driver's championship with the DHL fastest lap award for the second year in a row as he set 10 fastest laps out of 18 throughout the season. He's a fast man. He's fast, drives fast. Of course, the season wasn't without its controversies. Before the British Grand Prix, Kimmy pushed a noted photographer, Paul Henry Cahir, to the ground as he lined up a close-up. Mm. Kimmy's manager, Steve Robertson, claimed Kimmy was provoked by Cahir. 
touching him with his lens and stepping on his belongings. I see. But the photographer uh, disputed this version of events. Another altercation hmm. occurred on the track at the Canadian Grand Prix. Rival Lewis Hamilton failed to see the red light at the end of the pit lane and hit Kimmy from behind with enough force to take him out of the race. However, instead of getting upset, he got out of his car, walked over to Hamilton, calmly pointed out the giant red light, and walked back to his team's paddock. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's awesome. 2009 was a bummer year for Ferrari, where rivals Red Bull and Braun were killing it. Kimmy's only win was in Belgium, where he earned the moniker the King of Spa. That's what we call you. you <laughs> I do love, love my massages. You yeah. love massages. And steam. <laughs> After his fourth victory of the last five at that track. He finished the season in sixth in points. However, the most interesting story of 2009 occurred during the Malaysian Grand Prix. Torrential rain halted the race on lap 33 with drivers parked in their cars on the grid waiting for a restart. Dude, I bet that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he, you deserve $45 million a year. You got to sit in the rain like a frog. <laughs> Rather than waiting in his car alongside his competitors, Kimmy dried off and changed and then enjoyed an ice cream on live TV. This may have been a little too frustrating for Ferrari because at the end of the season, they announced Kimmy's departure and replacement with Alonzo, despite Kimmy having a contract for 2010. Don't worry. He got paid $10 million to be secured a seat on another team, but $17 million if he opted to sit out the season. After being released by Ferrari, Kimmy wanted to race for McLaren alongside Hamilton, but the negotiations failed. Man, that would have been a fascinating team. He was briefly discussed for Mercedes, but they opted for Schumacher and Nico Rosberg. Toyota F1, before pulling out of Formula One, offered him a contract to replace Timo Glock, but he refused a contract because he wanted to drive a better car, and Toyota wasn't offering enough money. Then, in November of 2009, Kimmy's manager confirmed that he was out for the next season, stating, quote, The choices in Formula One for the next season were McLaren or nothing. Kimmy and McLaren could not reach an agreement, so he will not drive at the Formula One level for at least the next season. Where could the grumpy flying fin head next? Rallying. In January of 2009, Kimi debuted as a rally driver at the Arctic Lapland Rally and finished in 13th place. And by the end of the year, Kimi announced that he would shift from Formula One to the World Rally Championship for the 2010 season as a full-time driver for the Citroen Junior team, driving a Red Bull-sponsored Citroen C4 WRC with co-driver Kai Lindstrom. While rallying, he did all right. Also, it's it's spelled K-A-J. I'm just going to say Kai, all right? I don't know Kedge. what else. It's not Cash. <laughs> Kimmy became the second driver in history to score championship points in both Formula One and in the World Rally Championship, and he ended the season in 10th place as the best rookie that year. In 2011, Kimmy entered under his own team, Ice One Racing, in a Citroen DS3 WRC. He finished the season with 34 points, but still placed 10th in the championship. Ice One Racing was later extended into the Motocross World Championship in 2011 and consisted of MX1 rider Tony Erickson and MX2 rider Lud Soderberg. Then, the next summer in 2011, Kimi did something a little unexpected. He joined NASCAR. Yeah! He signed a deal with Toyota team Kyle Busch Motorsport. 
to run a limited schedule in the Camping World Truck Series and debuted in the North Carolina Education Lottery 200 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Education Lottery 200. Jesus. And And they wonder. And they wonder why nobody watches this sport. The Education Lottery 200. Cool, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did it at Charlotte, and he did pretty well for someone who's never done oval racing before. Uh, he finished the race in 15th, which is pretty amazing. Not bad. He also raced the same track May 28th of that year, but he got a penalty for speeding in the pit lane. And later that month, Kenny tested Robbie Gordon's car at Infineon Raceway, a road course, in hopes of securing a two-car team. But he crashed the car during the test, so the deal fell through, unfortunately. I definitely recommend checking out Kimmy's uh, Truck Series exploits, though. It's pretty, pretty entertaining. And cars is fast. By the end of the 2011 F1 season, it was confirmed that Kimmy would be returning to the grid with Lotus Renault for 2012. That first year back with Lotus was ultimately a decent season, but with a lot of middling results. Kimi first won at Abu Dhabi, the first Grand Prix race Lotus had won since 1987 and ended the season in third for the Drivers' Championship. That's pretty damn good for his first season back with Lotus, I'm going to say it, okay? Yeah, he had to figure out how to turn right again. (laughs) Although he had a strong season with Lotus, 2012 is probably best known for the radio exchange that would become an infamous internet meme. During the race in Abu Dhabi, yes, the one that he won, his engineer let him know that Alonzo was behind him and that he would update him with the pace. Okay, Kimi, next guy behind you is Alonso. Alonso, five seconds behind you. I'll give you updated on the gap. I'll give you updated on the pace. In response, Kimi replied, Just leave me alone. I know what to The engineer then reminded him to work all four tires, and Kimi replied, Okay, Kimmy, we need to keep working all four tires, please. Keep working all yes, four tires. Yes, 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 yes. I'm doing all the time. We don't have to remind everybody. This was also the year that Kimmy spent 16 days drinking with his friends from dawn till dusk, <laughs> swimming in a pool, fully clothed, and twisting his ankle trying to in- imitate soccer legend Diego Maradona, which led him to miss a test with Lotus. This was also not coincidentally the year that his marriage with Jenny Dahlman began to fall apart. Oh, man. Regardless, he still tried to rush home after races. After the German Grand Prix where he placed third, he fell over a fence and onto a car as he attempted to a shortcut to the parking lot. <laughs> awesome. In the first race of the 2013 season in Australia, Kimmy started from seventh and managed to eke out a win. He later described the victory as one of his easiest wins due to his two-stop strategy when others took three. Weeks later, after the Italian Grand Prix, Kimmy announced he would not continue with Lotus and joined Ferrari for the 2014 season. For the following Singapore Grand Prix, it was revealed that Kimmy had not been paid by Lotus for the whole season and that this was the reason that he was leaving for Team Ferrari. Part of his contract with Lotus was that he would be given $50,000 for every point that he scored. Lotus agreed because they, you know, they wanted to get, score some points, but they didn't think it would be that many points. So they knew, they knew that they could afford it. But it's Kimi Raikkonen, and <laughs> he scored enough points that the bonus payment that they owed him was $20 million. And they didn't have that in their budget to pay him, so that's why he left. Well, you got to pay people. Mm-hmm. 
Two weeks later at the Indian Grand Prix, his teammate Romain Grosjean caught up on the fourth last lap, but was not able to immediately pass him. It was at this point that Lotus Trackside Operations Director Alan Permain had a heated radio exchange with Kimmy, telling him, Kimmy, get out of the f-ing way. Kimmy, as one could guess, responded with further profanity. Don't shout the press had a field day questioning his relationship with the team. He had already announced that he was leaving because they didn't pay him. His mm-hmm. relationship with the team sucks. Yeah, not good. They're stiffing uh, him for 20 million bucks. <laughs> in the following Grand Prix in Abu Dhabi, Kimmy didn't show up for the usual Thursday media events and only left his home at the last moment to make it to the race after considering not racing at all. That Friday, Kimmy publicly threatened that he would not race with Lotus unless the salary dispute was resolved. By this point, Kimmy was owed millions of dollars. Then in Saturday's qualifying, he had to retire on the first lap due to an immediate collision that broke his right front suspension. After he recovered, he left the circuit and returned to his hotel while the race continued. After the Abu Dhabi race, it was confirmed that investment group Quantum Motors had acquired a share in the team and could provide more financial security. Thus, Kimmy and Lotus reached a provisional agreement on the salary dispute, and Kimmy would race for the team during the remainder of the season. Despite this agreement, a week before the U.S. Grand Prix, Kimmy opted to have elective back surgery and ended up missing the rest of the season. <laughs> wow. You got to know when to, when to hold them and when to fold them. <laughs> That's pretty petty, man. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my back. It hurts. I gotta have a, have a surgery. I don't know to get a surgery because <laughs> we'll get back to more past gas. But right now, a word from our sponsors. In 2014, Kimmy finally partnered with Fernando Alonso at Ferrari. He was back. Back at the team. Back at the boys. Back with the boys. <laughs> Off the track and with his divorce now finalized, he quickly got engaged to fitness and underwear model Mina Marie Mintu Virtanen. And despite his happy home life, 2014 was the first time since his rookie year that Kimmy did not finish on the podium. Throughout the season, Kimmy struggled with the Ferrari's lack of turn-in corner entry and the feel of the new brake-by-wire system. When questioned about this, he said... We tried to somehow balance it out and tried to have a front end on the car, but it is very, very difficult. I hate it when there's no front end on the car. I hate it. Kimmy's driving style, he's really aggressive with the turn-in, so he'll wait to the last moment. And if the car's not set up correctly, this means that this kind of driving style can produce a lot of understeer. And he struggled with that a lot with this car. Understeer can be good, depending on your driving style. But if you're a guy that really dives in the corners like that, it's not going to work. Take it outside. It's not going to work. Okay? I don't want to hear it. All right? (laughs) In 2015. Get over it. It's not going to work. Okay? Maybe if you have a different driving style, maybe it'll work. But if you got to get down in the corners like my boy Kim Kimberly, (laughs) if you got to get down in the corners like my boy, it's not going to work. Okay? Get over it. I'm sick of talking about it. Okay. Call the cops. <laughs> I don't whoa, care. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's all, it's fine. Call them. 
I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I'll kill you and them loud-ass okay. barking dogs. <laughs> I'm sick of talking about it. Okay. Sometimes, sure, understand the work if you drive a certain way. Okay, but if you're like my boy Kimmy, and you like to dig up in them corners, <laughs> so drop it. All right. All right. Because I. Sick of talking about it. Right. And I don't want to freaking hear about it anymore. <laughs> In 2015, Kimmy became a dad when his wife Mintu gave birth to their first son, Robin. And on the track, Kimmy was partnered with Sebastian Vettel for the season. Sebvet. Sebvet. Kimmy also claimed that he would probably retire at the end of 2015, perhaps due to his new responsibilities at home despite his manager indicating that he was heading towards a contract extension. They ended up extending with Kimmy stating, quote, he's dreaming on, as he confirmed that he wanted Ferrari to be the team where he ended his career. Kimmy was happier with the car in 2015 as well, and claimed his first podium since the 2013 Korean Grand Prix in Bahrain. Ferrari team boss Maurizio Arrivabene praised Kimmy for showing Quote, what a race animal he is. <laughs> what a race animal he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a race animal he is. And Kimmy ended the season in fourth for the Drivers' Championship. Pretty amazing. I always, I, I forgot about that. Both 2016 and 2017 were fairly unremarkable. In 2016, Kimmy did manage to outqualify his teammate Vettel 11-10. to 10, and achieved the 700th podium in Ferrari's Formula 1 history at the Russian Grand Prix. In 2017, Kimi scored his first pole position in 129 races at the Monaco Grand Prix, qualifying four hundredths of a second faster than Vettel to become the sport's oldest pole sitter since 1997. <laughs> Kimi ended the season in fifth place and renewed his contract with Ferrari for the 2018 season. He also finished 2017 with a second child, a daughter named Rihanna. According oh, to Kimmy... Kimmy Reagan and is Rihanna's dad? <laughs> yes, James. Uh, according to Kimmy, quote, life changes automatically when you have kids. And although Kimmy definitely still loved to sleep and party, the Iceman spends most of his time with his kids, whom he lovingly refers to as the Ice Cubes. Oh, my God. He calls his kids the Ice Cubes, James. No. He's the Ice Man and their little ice cubes. I was literally about to be like, actually, like, I love to sleep and party, too. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe we could be friends. But then when you're like, he calls his kids the ice cubes, I was like, <gasps> this guy, no way. <laughs> if I partied with Kimmy Raikkonen, I'd probably smack him in the face. He'd probably drink you under the table, dude. Dude, he weighs like 110 pounds. I know, but he's Finnish. That's not a thing. I'm American. <laughs> the Finns like to party. Dude, I like to party and sleep, too. Are we going to have an argument over who's good, who could sleep and party better? I guess I started it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I'm sorry. And you're my boy, dude. <laughs> you never even met this man. That is true. Why are you defending him? Because uh, I like him. You like him more than me. I didn't say that. Well, why are you choosing his side? <laughs> I, think, I think I've earned your loyalty. You have. Pretty much changed Absolutely. your entire life. Pretty much, yeah. Mentor, no, I do. coach. I'm just saying, look. Gave you a shot. Formed yeah. you. <laughs> Formed me. I helped I helped chisel you 
out of okay. the beautiful marble that showed up at Donut four that is, years ago. That's true. That's true. You know what I mean? What the fuck <laughs> has Kimi Raikkonen ever done for you? Not a lot. Not a lot. Comparison. Not a lot. <laughs> Not a lot. I'm just saying, I would love to be there. Let's say we're at Job's house in that little Ugh, bar he I'm has. In the side. No way. I'm not fucking hanging out with Kimi Raikkonen at Job's house. Kimi okay, what's the up. venue? What's the venue? <sighs> uh, Chateau Marmont. Okay, you're at Chateau we Marmont. We got a bungalow at the Chateau. We b- we're at <laughs> yeah. the bar. It's probably uh, your Father birthday. John Misty's there. Nick Thune yeah. is there. We're playing piano in the, in the Chateau lobby. <clears throat> I got a <clears throat> bungalow out back, poolside. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice. Yeah. That's where I'm at in my life, Nolan. Yeah. And then Kimi Räikkönen shows up and challenges you to a... Actually, no. He doesn't really... You guys don't really challenge each other, but I'm there kind of like egging it on. Yeah. Because you're a <laughs> starter. <laughs> it's kind of your thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, all that's on r slash Nolan. r slash Nolan. <laughs> is, there, is there an r slash Nolan or is talking about Nolan? That'd be kind of funny. Might be Christopher. Yeah, it's Christopher Nolan. Mm. Anyway, one of Kimmy's most viral moments occurred during the 2018 season during the Hungarian Grand Prix when Kimmy and his Ferrari engineer got lost in translation with one another. The Ferrari had a number of issues with its watering system during the race, which culminated in his engineer telling him, You forgot to connect the drink, bro. Yes, confirmed. Is the drink? Is it on now? We forgot to connect, Jimmy. You will not have the drink, sorry. Is it on or not? The drink? No, Jimmy. No. no. You will not have the drink. No, no, no. Is the switch on or not? You you mean the slow button? No, no. Is my drinking... Is it emptying the bottle or not? No, no, Jimmy, no. You will not have the drink. At the Italian Grand Prix, Kimi took pole position and broke Juan Pablo Montoya's 14-year-old record to set the fastest lap ever recorded in F1 history with an average speed of 163.786 miles per hour. His race, though, was compromised by Mercedes blocking him after a pit stop, but he finished second and scored his 100th podium finish, becoming the fifth driver to ever do so. He also won the U.S. Grand Prix and became the oldest race winner since Nigel Mansell in 94 and the 13th oldest F1 race winner ever. This victory also made Kimi the most successful finish driver of all time in terms of race wins and broke the record for longest gap between Grand Prix wins, which was 113 races, and the record for biggest gap between the first and last career wins, which is 5,691 days. This coincidentally came on the 11th anniversary of his 2000 F1 World Championship. And finally, by the end of 2018, Kimi finished third in the Drivers' Championship. Pretty dang sweet. Despite Kimberly's prior statement that he wanted to finish out his career with Ferrari, he decided to join Sauber, now rebranded Alfa Romeo Racing, for a two-year contract from 2019 to 2021. If his stats and team swaps haven't completely jarred you by now, you may remember Sauber as the team he debuted with. In his first year with the team, Kimi scored 31 points before the summer break and then endured a seven-race pointless streak, ending the season in 12th place, a career low, until 2020. In 2020, Alfa Romeo had one of the slowest cars of the season, and the team was in the back of the grid against Haas and Williams. Kimi was the highest finishing driver among his group in nine of the season's 17 races and was highest finishing Ferrari-powered driver on four occasions. Wow. 
Despite ending in 16th with only four points, he won the FIA Action of the Year for his opening lap at the Portuguese Grand Prix, where he overtook 10 cars from P16 to P5. That's experience, baby. It was a wet race or a wet start, so that's how he's able to do that. And as of this recording, 2021 has also been somewhat disappointing, especially considering that it will be Kimmy's last season on the Formula One grid. He was one of the few Formula One drivers to test positive for COVID and did so on the weekend of the Dutch Grand Prix just after he announced his retirement. Kimmy scored his first points of the season in Azerbaijan with more points in Hungary and Russia. Hopefully, Alfa Romeo can turn it around for the end of the season, but that seems unlikely. The only great thing to come out of the 2021 season is the return of Kimmy's issues with the drink at the Monaco Grand Prix when... Again, the drink pipe came loose from the formation line, and it's been behind my back the whole race, the filter, so I don't know how it's been so difficult to put it connected correctly. <laughs> Of course, it is ironic. 2021 is one of the best seasons I've certainly ever seen in Formula One, but kind of lackluster for the Iceman. Ice to meet you. Easily the most memorable and memeable driver in the paddock, Kimi Raikkonen may just be Formula One's most underrated legend. I would say he's appropriately appreciated, though. Kimi has participated in one-third of all Formula One races, at least at the time of this recording, three, he's had 345 entries in 1,049 Grand Prix since 1950 and is ranked third in the all-time fastest laps. And as we mentioned before, Kimi has finished on the podium more than 100 times, one of only five drivers to do so, with 21 Grand Prix victories and a record 341 starts. Defined by his unquenchable thirst for speed and the drink, as well as excellent reflexes and steady control, Kimmy has spent the majority of his career annoyed with his treatment in the media, as well as the politics of being a Formula One driver. On the latter, Kimmy has said, quote, Sometimes in Formula One there is politics, and the <laughs> there is stupid. In the same 2013 article, Lotus team principal Eric Boyer summed Kimmy up pretty well as someone, quote, doing pretty much whatever he wants. Yeah. Kimmy is famous for summarizing his driving career at the end of an episode of Drive to Survive as... It's more like a hobby for me, so obviously I don't need to do it if I don't want. Hobby or not, we will miss having Kimmy Raikkonen in the paddock, and I can't wait to see if he pops up anywhere else. Hopefully, as James Hunt. There you go, folks. Hobby That's or not is a great name for, like, a hobby store. <laughs> <laughs> hobby or not hobby or not that's the story of uh kimmy raikkonen kimberly raikkonen hopefully you have a greater appreciation for the man after this episode james do we have any fan mail this week yeah all right we got a, a person named ce i don't know what that stands for maybe chris evans mm. hmm. hey donut media I'm Captain America. I love the content, the YouTube, the podcast, the merch. I love it all. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. I recently started listening to Past Gas, and I love the narrative style and wanted to suggest a topic for a potential episode. Okay. I know you guys have done up to speeds on the Mustang Cobras. However, I wanted to suggest diving a bit deeper into the story, how the 03 SVD Cobra came into existence. 
There's hmm. a great book called Iron Fist Lead Foot about the struggles John Coletti had to go through to make it into one of the best Cobras ever produced. It's something I think that would make a great episode. Thanks again for all your content. Keep on keeping on. Well, thank you, Chris Evans, Captain America. Um, <laughs> I really like these cars, and I think we missed the boat on them because now they're really expensive. They are very expensive. I think that's a good idea. I've talked to John Coletti before for Wheelhouse, so maybe we can get back in touch with him and see see about this episode. I could, we could maybe do that. If there's something you want to say about any of our episodes, maybe you want to admonish me uh, or suggest a future topic, email us at pascas at donimedia.com. We might even read it on the show like we just did with CE's little message. Chris Evans. Chris Evans, thank you. Um, <laughs> admonish Nolan. Yeah, man, I need to be humbled a little bit. Yeah. Bring- I've been feeling too good about myself. Bring you back down to earth. Yeah, I need to get back in that pit of despair. Thank you very much for listening to Pass Gas. Uh, <laughs> this is a fun one. Tell a friend about the show. You know, that's how we grow. Leave a review if you will. Um, we're trying to be that number one automotive podcast. We're number two right now. Number we're trying two. to get... I'm not even going to mention number one. <laughs> we are trying to trying to be number one. Um, so we'd really like your help in that. Uh, James has got a new show, a new podcast coming soon. So keep an eye out for that. I was sort of in the office when it was being recorded, and uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. You love the cast. I love the cast. I love love James. I love love you. I love you, Nolan. Thank you, James. I love you back. I love love the microphones. (laughs) Okay. I love the audience. I love when people follow you on social media, at Nolan J. Sykes. Whoa, I love me On social media, at James Pumphrey. I love when people subscribe to our YouTube channel, Donut Media. I love when they go to donutmedia.com and buy merch because we have a new merch product every week now. I love when they sign up for their sign up for our freaking mailing list so they don't oh. miss anything and they get a discount. I love that we have a points program now. Some more merch you buy, the more points you earn, and you get points just for signing up and you get points on your birthday and you get discounts on our sweet, sweet products. Little people join our membership program, the Donut <laughs> Underground. I love that. Yeah, me too. Thank you for listening. Uh, be kind. Toot, toot, baby, baby, toot, toot. Wink, wink, nation. Where is your God now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.